Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I'm so happy to be with you again today as we consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. We offer a number of ways to help you with your journey, so I hope you're taking advantage of everything that we offer. You can subscribe to this twice-a-week podcast. You can join our free Facebook group. And if you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get more from me and advance notice of things that are coming up. Go to anxietycoachespodcast.com and check all that out. In today's podcast, I'll be sharing with you a conversation I had with Dr. Marilyn Paul. The subject of her new book, An Oasis in Time, is something that is very near and dear to my heart. The need for space the need for time, and the nourishment that both of those can bring. Before I get to the conversation, I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Paul. She's a productivity and well-being expert who has helped organizations develop a culture of sustainable productivity through reducing the substantial costs of work overload, crisis management, failed communication, missed deadlines, poor quality, extensive rework, low morale, stress-related illness, and burnout. With a PhD from Yale School of Management and an MBA from Cornell, Dr. Paul takes a creative, integrative approach that blends practical skills training with inner work. In her new book, An Oasis in Time, How a Day of Rest Can Save Your Life, Dr. Paul shows the solution for modern hurriedness is found in the ancient tradition of the Sabbath by focusing on the profound benefits of taking a day off each week for renewed perspective and nourishing renewal. Drawing on Sabbath history, contemporary research, and her own personal experience, Dr. Paul shows readers how to design a weekly time off carve out the time from a busy schedule, and most importantly, change their mindset to have the pleasure of regularly slowing down every week. Dr. Paul lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and son. For more information, please visit www.marilynpaul.com, and I will have that link in the show notes. Without further ado, here's our conversation. Welcome to the show, Marilyn Paul. I'm so glad you would take time to visit with myself and my listeners. How are you today? I'm I'm very well, Gina, and it's just great to be here with you. And I know this uh, our, the show will go out uh, after uh, who knows how long after our conversation. But your book was released yesterday, so congratulations! Thank you so much. Thank you. Very and- exciting. This book that I'm talking about with our delightful guest, Marilyn Paul, is An Oasis in Time, How a Day of Rest Can Save Your Life. And boy, if anybody needs this, it is those of us here at the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. 
So tell me, Marilyn, before we get into, um, I do want to make sure that we talk a little bit later about the five gateways that you have in your book. That would be a nice touchstone, those five gateways for my listeners. Um, but, But first, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to have to write a book about taking an oasis in time. Well, the way I got to an oasis in time is that I am a very hard worker. Sometimes I think of myself as a compulsive worker, but I'm always doing something. I've got lists. I've got many lists, and I'm checking things off my list. Work, errands, family, house, self-care, everything goes on a list. And I do have to say that I tend to be much more organized than I used to be. I wrote a book called It's Hard to Make a Difference When You Can't Find Your Keys. But one of my things was I would make all these lists and then I would lose them or one of them and then I'd be disoriented. And in my first book, I talked about how to stay more on top of things. And now I am much better. But I did have a tendency to take on too much, work all the time. And one day I was in graduate school at Yale and working hard. And my friend Mark said, come to a Shabbat dinner. And I'm Jewish. That's my background. I had never been to a Shabbat dinner. I sort of knew what it was, but I said, no, thank you very much because I had stuff to do, which I always did. And he asked me a couple more times, and finally I said yes, and I went with him. And when we went there, I loved the feeling of just peace and congeniality and connecting. It was lovely. I didn't know any of the prayers. I didn't know what people were doing, but I enjoyed the spirit of it. So I went home. And, of course, I went back to work that first night. But I had found something I really liked, so I went back. It was a group that met regularly. And then I experimented with taking all of Friday evening off. And I loved it. I loved the impact on me and my greater sense of serenity. So that's how I got to write the book, because... This had such an impact on me. I did learn slowly to take a whole day off. But I wrote the book because a number of my friends had no idea what I was doing. And I wanted to explain to them, this is something wonderful that I'm so glad I stumbled upon. Mm -hmm. It's right there in our world. People keep a Sabbath all around us. They probably won't tell other people because people think it's a little offbeat. But I wrote the book. Originally, it was just going to be like a 20-page pamphlet (laughs) friends. And I showed it to my editor for my first book because she's such a great editor. And she said, hmm, I think I can. I think people will want this. So she's the one who had become an agent and set up an auction, amazingly enough. I thought, who the heck is going to want to buy a book about this idea of a day off each week? And now I see her point. Several companies bid on it, and it's now a book that I 
that I've made very readable. So anyway, long answer. No, it's a beautiful answer because uh, most of us, the, the, the journey there was a big part of the whole story. It's how we got molded. Yeah. And, and you went from, because your work is in productivity, right? And exactly. you are, <laughs> so that's what makes this so beautiful is that you know both sides of this. You understand, um, what I'm seeing is that you're understanding that, that it's like breathing and you do have to exhale at some point because I, I see you, you're busy, you're working, you get a lot done, but you have to also exhale. And so can you, can you tell us a little bit through your research and putting this book together, how, what you see, what is the downside of us keeping a 24 seven schedule? That is one of my greatest concerns is that we have lost touch with a feeling of rhythm in the week. What really helps people thrive is having a rhythm. You work, you rest. Even during the day, research has shown that a four, what they call 4515 is a pattern that works best for most people, meaning you work for 45 minutes and then you rest for 15. And that doesn't mean eagerly checking your email and scrolling through Facebook. It <laughs> means take a walk, do some stretches, drink some water, eat mindfully. But that's the pattern that works best for most people. And then in another famous study um, done by... Um, that was researched by Malcolm Gladwell, and I forget the name of the person, but he he's the one who set forth the idea that people work 10,000 hours to gain mastery. But as part of similar research, they found that these highly skillful people never work more than an hour and a half at a time, and then they rest. Yeah. So we have this, terribly destructive idea that we are like machines and we can go, go, go. And we cannot. We simply cannot. And we we do so and we attempt to do so at our peril. Chronic disease is very painful and affects more than 50% of Americans. Wow. Over 45% of us are either pre-diabetic or diabetic, and we, have, we know that that condition is stress-related. And yet, I will say that when I was at Yale, I got quite sick with something called Epstein-Barr virus. And even then, I could not stop. I felt the need to push all the time. And what we lose, we lose a sense of wonder. We lose time to play. Play refreshes our heart, soul, and mind and body. We become rigid. We don't enjoy each other. Stress increases. I mean, the costs of our mindset that we have to be working or doing something all the time is huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. And it's painful, and it's yes. an addiction, Marilyn, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. And uh, I think you mentioned that your own work became your way out of what we deal with here, your anxiety. Is that right? Exactly. I really came to learn. So I've been in a number of 12-step programs. And one thing I learned from a lot of personal growth work and therapy and yoga is that I'm driven to work as hard as I do and achieve the way I do, partly because of a sense of purpose, but partly because a sense a feeling of chronic anxiety. Okay. And so stopping working, I think I would say work is really one of my best or worst, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. ways to treat my anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, it gives us a place to go. Yeah. It's something we know and we do well and yeah. And what we forget is that it can also take us down. So, you know, in order to get this idea out to everybody about taking, I like the way you titled the book, An Oasis in Time, Taking an Oasis in Time. What a beautiful way to visualize it for me. So so tell us how we do this, Marilyn. Like, these people are going to relate to your story. Yeah, we know this. It's almost most Americans nowadays, even children. So yeah. tell us the way out. So first of all, I want to say just a word or two about what is an oasis in time. And I have used the phrase, we're off the clock and off the hook. We put down our to-do lists to the best of our ability. We put down our phone. We go off social media. And we turn our heart, mind, soul, and spirit to another channel, the non-achieving channel. And sometimes I tell people, you know what this is like? You're in a driving rain and you want to get in. You want to get home and you're sort of sheltering. You're a little hunched over, sheltering yourself from the rain. And you're running in and you open the door and you come inside and you close the door and you go, phew, um, I'm safe. I'm out of the elements. I can take a deep breath and relax. And that's what it's like to begin our oasis in time. We can stop. And it's based on the Western spiritual tradition of a Sabbath, but it's not the religious part of a Sabbath. It is the deep wisdom of knowing that we all, whatever we do, need to stop and turn our attention towards each other, towards our inner journey, towards conversation, towards God, towards our, our sense of meaning and purpose. So that's what it is. And how do we get there? So that was part of why I wrote the book. I, I interviewed scores of people, and I was trying to understand, how do people do this? Like when, when we were growing up, there was an oasis in time all around us. Stores were closed on Sunday. I grew up in Massachusetts, and there were blue laws, and you couldn't go shop. You 
didn't, no one went to work. There was no 24-7. There was 24-6. But nowadays, we don't have that external social support. So what I have learned is that there are five gateways for our own journey. And I think it's really helpful to have a buddy for this. So, I'd love to tell you about the five gateways. Yes, I'm, I'm, lay them on us, Marilyn. This is what we're all taking notes now. All right. So, once you've decided that you really want this and you're willing to be fierce and determined and you want the pleasure of just taking yourself off the clock and off the hook for a period of time every week. This is how you do it. Gateway number one is you really protect the time. I say plan, protect, and prepare. And that means you put it in your calendar. You don't just say, oh, I think I'll take an hour off sometime this weekend. No. You write it in your calendar. I think a good hour sometimes is the first hour or two on a Saturday or Sunday, and you say, I am protecting this time from the part of my brain that insists that I have to keep getting things done, and I'm protecting my brain from the feeling of pressure because I have decided to come in out of the element. So first you You protect it, and you say, this is when it is. You're planning for it. You guard it. You don't let anything get in the way, and then you prepare. And preparing means maybe you think about what you would like to do in that time in advance. You know that you're going to read a book, or you know that you're going to take a walk, or you set up time with a friend. But one of the guidelines that I will talk more about is You do all of this with a sense of savoring. You slow down to savor whatever you decide to do. It's not, okay, now I'm going to check off, off my list, have a nice conversation with a friend. That's not it. You're going to go deeper and relax. So step one, plan, protect, and prepare. Step two is begin and end. So you begin your time consciously. You say, now I am stepping into Oasis time with a ritual. Perhaps you do light a candle. That's the Jewish traditional practice. But perhaps you sound a tone on your prayer bowl. Or perhaps you do a big stretch and walk out and look at the sky. And you say, now I am entering my Oasis time. I am off the clock and off the hook. And equally important is to name your end time and actually end. Don't let your end time dribble out because what you want to do is really protect and contain that sense of being off the clock and off the hook. You're off your to-do list. And when that time is contained, you do amazing things like look at the sky, which we don't do very much. You notice yourself in different ways your brain actually slows down now i just want to say a bit about beginning and ending as someone who has suffered from from anxiety which is at first when i started this 
It was hard for me to stop working and bear the difficult feelings that I have when I am not busy checking things off my list. Who am I? Do I matter? What am I going to do, just sit on the couch and veg? I don't have time for that. So because I learned a lot about this notion of what Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel calls just to live is holy, just to be is a blessing. I really practiced and read about self-compassion. I joined Workaholics Anonymous and learned that it's really to our benefit to really plan to play and plan to rest and bear with the anxiety of stopping. And it's turned into some of the most huge moments of gratitude that I have when I actually do stop every Friday night and let myself actually relax. So we begin and we end also with a ritual, like time is up, and I go back with renewed purpose, energy, creativity, perspective. At that end of my oasis time, I am renewed. I've had a sense of respite. And then the next step, step three, is disconnect to connect. And disconnect really seriously, putting our screens down. Just walking away, closing our computer. Um, I love the work of Cal Newport. and He says, I'm doing my shutdown. So every Friday afternoon, I shut down. And I do turn off my phone. I turn off my computer. I put my iPad away. And I am off the digital world. And it's almost like going back in time to when all these devices did not exist. And the world is different. So disconnect to connect. What is the connection to self? You have time to do a scan. How am I really? To the people around us. We really can see who they are. We're not in a rush to do anything. And again, to our sense of purpose and our higher power. And the fourth step is slow down to savor. And that's just the joy of driving a little more slowly, walking a little more slowly, discovering we are not about speed. We're not about accomplishing anything. We eat more slowly and we savor the blessings that are in our hands. Just think about our hands for a minute. Look at your thumb. There's a blessing that we never notice. But now we have a chance. We've slowed our pace. And we can remember we're here for a short time. And we can really count our blessings in that moment. And then fifth gateway is let go of achieving to rest, reflect, and play. So for me, letting go of achieving, it's like, what? I can't sometimes get my head around that. But it's really part of an oasis in time to do nothing at all for a sense of accomplishment, but just to be in the moment, doing what you're doing, doing what you need to do, 
perhaps, but with a sense of mindfulness. This moment matters. This next moment is just for itself. And out of that spirit, we can rest. We reflect on our lives. We say, where am I in my life? And maybe we do touch in to a feeling of being lost every every once in a while and a little out of control. But then we sit with that. And then we play. We turn to the pets in our lives. We get some balloons. We blow bubbles. We play with a child, with each other. And we are playful. We're silly. We're not so serious. And so those are the five gateways. Oh, that's beautiful, Marilyn. It sounds so divine, yeah, right? It is. So that brought up some questions, though. Sure. And one of them is, do you suggest that people ease into this? Do you suggest that they chunk out a whole 24-hour period? Tell me what it looks like from these people that you uh, that you interviewed and checked in with and yourself. Your own story. So I started very slowly. As I said, I went to that Friday night meal. I went to another one a month later. Another month later, I tried a whole Friday night. So I'm, I was very slow. I talked to a wonderful author, Bill Powers, who wrote Hamlet's Blackberry. And he and his wife and then 10-year-old son had realized they're all disconnected from each other. They spent all weekend on their screens. And they decided to take a weekend off, um, like right off, the whole 48 hours. Wow. And off their screens. So they did a technology downtime, and they committed to that for three months. And when I talked to him about how that went, what that process was, it was excruciating at at first. But they stuck with it because within about a month or two, they started to connect to each other in new ways. And they loved it. And their son, because he had nothing else to do, started to play an instrument That instrument turned into the love of his life. He ended up studying quite seriously. It would never have happened. And he and his wife took walks. They went boating. They had moved to Cape Cod. And he found it. So I think what what I suggest is being curious and doing experiments. So... People come to this in all kinds of ways. You're speaking to your listeners. You are going to find your way. I suggest that people start off with an hour a week. And if you read my book, you have lots of suggestions for a way to begin your hour and end your hour. Put your toe in. Hmm, how did that feel? I also really suggest getting an experiment buddy. Like you're doing a scientific experiment with a lab partner and take notes and read their wonderful books about 
taking time off and going slowly. There's a beautiful book called World Enough and Time. And start to find out what have other people done. And I have so many stories in my book. I talked to one person who takes Wednesdays off. He's an environmental activist. And he has to stop. He goes full tilt for two days. He takes Wednesdays off. You say, how can that work? And he gets so much energy and focus and renewal that he's a powerhouse on his four days of work a week. So that's, that's my recommendation is to start slowly. That sounds wonderful because uh, anything beyond that might scare most people. You yeah. never know. I uh, And we all have to uh, go around our own family situations and so forth. So, exactly. But to actually begin and to, I love the idea of starting with an hour a week. And I have to tell you, Marilyn, this is very intriguing. I am someone uh, who needs a lot of downtime. And uh, off of social media time, and so I totally love this. I, I wish everybody would dip their toe in, but I have never made it formal. So you've got me going here. I'm probably going to uh, experiment with an actual formal uh, oasis in time. Lovely. And, Lovely. And I can't thank you enough for writing this book and for taking the time to come on the show and share this this really exciting it feels juicy it feels so alive it's like a green edge it's it's like there's you can't we don't none of us know what could be waiting in that time for us that's the beauty of it it's a gateway into another world the inner world the connecting with self that's delicious it's yeah. delectable so we're going to have to check in with you, Marilyn. So tell everyone your, what the title of the book is. And again, congratulations on it. It's out there now. It's yes. live. And also uh, where we can find you online for when we're not in our oasis in time. So absolutely. My, my book is called An Oasis in Time, How a Day of Rest can save your life. And I have to say, when I started this, I never could have imagined workaholic me taking a day off each week. So that's partly why I wrote it. It seems unimaginable, but it's so good and it's so helpful. And you can find me, I have blog posts. You can find me on my webpage at www.marilynpaul.com. And I have all kinds of resources. Your listeners can go to my website and download what I've written called A Quick Start for a Slow Time. And you can get that right off the website. You can also get my first chapter if you want to sample that. And just get to know me and the book a little better and see if it's right for you. Oh, Marilyn, thank you. Those are some wonderful gifts. Thank you. I'm sure that everyone will want to check that out. I will have Marilyn's website in the show notes and a live link to that and uh, to her book. And any last words for uh, the Anxiety Coaches podcast listeners, Marilyn? I will just 
say that for those of us who struggle with anxiety, sometimes the solution is a paradox. And I really recommend being open-minded to this idea of an oasis in time because it's an oasis in spirit and mind and there's enormous peace that's possible in it. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, there's nothing more to say. (laughs) Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you, Gina. Great to talk with you. Yes, very good to meet you, my friend. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com. 